We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL free agency landscape that's what we're going to talk about on today's show as we recap some of the moves that have happened over the last couple of weeks we'll also be looking at some of the potential moves and how they affect the players from a fantasy football perspective looking at some of the articles that Sean has had up on the rotaviz.com website we did have a little bit of a hiatus Sean for the listeners sitting in we had recorded extra content ahead of time so they have been able to listen to that over the last couple of weeks and I've had very very positive feedback in particular of last week's shows and the dynasty content that was put out so thanks to everyone who reached out with that i was on vacation sean had maybe a little bit of a different uh, hiatus when i was uh, on vacation i enjoyed myself in the sun i am back now to ireland into the snow as we approach st patrick's day here in ireland and i do think people in the u.s probably think of st patrick's day as this like huge celebration in ireland for me this is going to sound bad I couldn't care less uh, so we are on our road to st patrick's day here but um yeah sean I'm glad that you're uh, you're feeling better. Yeah. So while Colin was out partying and going to the beach and what have you, I was ill the entire time. But if there's ever a good time to get sick and, and get your recovery in, it's when you're not actually recording shows. So that worked out perfectly. Colin, in the interim, an immense amount of stuff has happened in the NFL. This is maybe the most crowded time of the NFL schedule. We got the combine with all of those exciting results. Obviously, Anthony Richardson fever is everywhere. We got a big trade for the number one overall pick where the Panthers really gutted their team, which was bad to start with. So we'll see how long it takes them to come out of that. It sounds like CJ Stroud will probably be the pick there. I think this has to hurt his fantasy value as he's now going to be playing multiple seasons with guys like Hayden Hurst. So that part probably not positive for him. And yet we do know that in Dynasty Superflex rookie drafts, those four big QBs, two who probably will hit and be NFL, I don't know, stars, but above average NFL quarterbacks, which, I mean, if you're an above average NFL quarterback, you were an absolutely fantastic player. And then two who were probably busts, but if they hit are so perfect for fantasy that they are going to be coveted 
because you just don't get that many guys at the QB position who can be difference makers. Column, there are 32 guys out there. You and I recently drafted in a really fun FFPC, never too early, super flex listener league draft. We took five QBs as we more or less went zero quarterback. Again, kind of illustrating the fact that, I mean, there are guys out there, but after the impact players in that first round, maybe that second round, there's a lot of skepticism that the other players actually give you enough production to really make a difference. So that part of fantasy football has gotten to be a lot of fun because a quarterback is a real position, a relevant position in terms of what it means for fantasy, then we just get so much else going on. And so I think everybody is very excited about that. Certainly getting an amazing combine from Richardson injects so much additional excitement, so much additional uncertainty. If you have a pick in the 107, 108, 19, 110 range, then you have to be ecstatic, unless you were targeting Richardson and thought he might fall. But now Richardson is going to push guys down to you who maybe wouldn't have been there. All of that's happening, but then we also get into free agency. And Column, it's been a pretty cool start here. A few surprises. And this is not a strong free agent class, especially at wide receiver, but there are relevant running backs. And I think that we've kind of gotten conditioned to feel like basically the movement at running back is not going to matter that much. And yet it seems like in the early going here, we do have some big moves. I've written about a couple of these guys, but Colin, we're going to start at the other position that is extremely thin, sort of the glamour position in fantasy now with the fact that zero RB and at the very least wide receiver heavy has become more or less the default in best ball. You really have to go that route. If you want to win, we know that the wide receivers are going to hold their value better. That makes a difference both in rookie drafts, but then as we're looking at free agent signings and how these guys might now have a big chunk of their career in a different location where they can go out and make an impact. But as I said, pretty thin. So call them, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, the first two real big dominoes off the board. Very interesting, Sean, I think. And you mentioned it being like not the strongest class at wide receiver. You also mentioned how busy a time it's been in the NFL. This used to be kind of an area after the Super Bowl in particular where we had this like, you know, dead zone in the NFL calendar. But the NFL then, and I think they've been proven right to do so, decided that truly it would be a 365-day-a-year league and uh yeah, the entertainment continues to be provided. So at wide receiver, Sean, Alan Lazard with the Jets. And as we record this, I was pretty sure when we recorded our last show, by the time we recorded this one, Arn Rodgers would no longer be a Green Bay Packer. Now that is going to hurt me when it happens, but I have kind of prepared myself for that situation to take place, but it just hasn't taken place. So uh, it is just lingering there in the background, but it looks like we're going to see him potentially in New York with the New York Jets, Alan Lazard signs a four-year, $44 million contract with $22 million guaranteed, which personally I'm delighted for Alan Lazard. He's, you know, come into the NFL, had a, you know, prospect profile that we were all kind of excited about, didn't get drafted, goes to the Jaguars, doesn't have an impact with the Jaguars, ends up with the, the Green Bay Packers and is able to have an impact there over the last couple of seasons with Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be interesting from that perspective. The other side of it is, for Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes, it also gives them a, a, a little bit of a, a move up that depth chart. And I, I fully expect Randall Cobb to no longer be with the Packers. So he may end up with the Jets if rumors are to be believed. But big contract for 
Lazard in terms of what he has been able to earn in his NFL career. So an interesting move there. Really, I think the final domino to fall is going to be Rodgers in New York. And then we can also get into talking about, you know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, how it impacts them, how that may help somebody like a Brees Hall and that offense. And we have talked in the past about the players they've put in at the skill positions. Now adding a, a veteran like Lazard with that young wide receiver room, I think is going to be a, a smart move for them. So if they can get the quarterback in, and I know they, it isn't necessarily that they got the quarterback in, but the conversation that we had previously about, for example, the Detroit Lions and then how much they were able to do an offense over the, the last 12 months, I think Rogers going in there's a, a huge upgrade over what they've had at quarterback in the last let's say i don't know since ryan fitzpatrick maybe <laughs> since those days the other one then jacoby myers with the raiders pairing up with his his old crew from the new england patriots they're kind of becoming a a lesser version of the patriots with jimmy garoppolo also going in there as well what were your thoughts on i think we'll go into lazard first and then we'll we'll get into the myers thoughts but before we get into myers i probably should have asked you your thoughts on lazard what are your thoughts on lazard this contract him into to new york i think he's going to like definitely be in the shadow here of, of Garrett wilson moving forward even though you know he's he's probably hoping to be the wide receiver one on this offense i think it's clearly going to be a depth chart of wilson then lazard and then moving down to more after that this is one where i have thoughts that are, are very contrasting going in different directions i think it's sort of a good move in a vacuum for the jets as long as there aren't cascading problems now where you're also trying to more or less sideline Elijah Moore. For this offense to really be unlocked and be the best version of itself, to be you know, one of the top three or four offenses in the NFL, which if you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers and you already have Garrett Wilson, you already have Brees Hall, that's what you're going for here. I mean, this can't just be a mediocre team. It has to be a situation like with Tom Brady when he first goes to the Buccaneers and they go out and win the Super Bowl. And that mix with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans works out to an extent. Now, even there, there were some disadvantages that Brady also brought to the table in terms of knocking down where Evans and Godwin had been previously. But you look at this here, Alan Lazard, one of our favorite guys, as you mentioned, a freak score star when he dominates the combine and then weirdly doesn't get drafted so he's one of those guys if you checked out my freak score article last week and you're looking at some of the big names there, worried that maybe they won't get drafted i mean that's that's a huge dagger for them but it doesn't mean that there's no chance for them to come through and be successful at the nfl level lazard has been interesting because in 2019 he was a deep threat the next couple of years he works underneath last year they want him to be the alpha and go and do everything his a dot jumps back up he does have deep targets 35 targets of 15 plus yards unfortunately only catches 12 of those he wasn't the dynamic presence that they were hoping and especially after christian watson emerged he was not a big fantasy impact kind of guy only averages nine points per game from week 10 on that's probably more the range that we're looking at with the jets in part because garrett wilson is just such a fantastic player and has to really dominate the targets in that offense and then as we move on to Myers from the other side, I mentioned moving down to the Raiders, now obviously in, in Las Vegas. Changes there with Darren Waller moving in a trade to the, the Giants over the last 24 hours. 
obviously Devontae Adams is still there, but no longer with Derek Carr, who is now a New Orleans Saint. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders look. I, I think they've been a way below what they should have performed. And I, I think the, the coaching staff there are maybe on their, their final legs here. But Jacoby Myers signs a three-year, $33 million contract. Not not the top-end wide receiver numbers. That's going to go to the likes of Devontae Adams. But I, I was impressed with what he did in 2022 in the, in the season overall. He's 26 years old. What are your expectations as he lands with the Raiders? And some of these, again, again with the situation in New York, is a little bit tricky because not just the wide receiver changing teams. And I guess if, if Rodgers ends up in New York, Lazard is going to be with his quarterback again, but with Myers now playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Colin, as you alluded to there, one of the things that you do have to be encouraged by if you're a player in free agency, one of your former coaches wants to go out and get you. We see Josh McDaniels trying to recreate the Patriots here. He gets rid of Derek Carr. He gets rid of Darren Waller. Those two players, probably bigger impact players than Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers. And at the same time, he wants to be able to run this offense the way he wants to run it. Blair has a fantastic article up on the site about Jimmy Garoppolo, the strengths that he's going to bring to the Patriots among those a guy who gets rid of the ball as one of the fastest release players in the NFL someone who is extremely accurate and efficient underneath that will unlock some elements of the Raiders offense that they didn't have last year where Derek Call held the ball attacked down the field Carr by contrast is probably going to unlock some elements of the New Orleans Saints offense that's in a separate article that Blair put out there lots of cool advanced stats in those pieces you'll want to check them out I think the quarterback movement here is fun. In both of these cases, it really rehabilitates the fantasy value for the players. But then once you get Garoppolo back in, not really back in Las Vegas, but back with Josh McDaniels and having some weapons, when you have Devontae Adams, when you have Jacoby Myers, the big sort of bugaboo with Myers for all this time was he goes like two and a half seasons without scoring a touchdown. But he puts up six last year in a broken offense he ends the season with 24% targets per route. That also the number, Alan Lazard. So both of these guys able to draw some targets, not number ones. We look at sort of the overall numbers for the season, and you see guys like Tyreek Hill, Amon Ra, Cooper Cup, those guys drawing targets at a 32% clip. Then you have the next layer down where you have people like C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown, 29 28%. You drop into that 27% targets per route area, get Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen. So that gives you some context for what we're talking about here. But when you're in that 24% range, you can draw some targets. Christian Kirk, the previous season, gets a massive contract in free agency and does a nice job for the Jaguars coming off a 21% season. The other thing in terms of the yard per target efficiency, the other part of that sort of yards per route equation, at around eight, Lazard and Myers, again, reasonably successful. Now, Lazard's going to be ideally for the Jets having the same quarterback there. We wouldn't necessarily expect him to be a lot more efficient. Jacoby Myers actually could take a little bit of a jump with the Raiders. And so Myers, one of these guys, not a huge fantasy weapon, only three wide receiver one games last season. And yet he has been so good in sort of an under-the-radar capacity that his teams continue to take Devontae Adams away. Myers is going to be an interesting guy. Obviously, we know he's a Ben Gretsch favorite. I like this fit. And, and both of these moves, I think, 
make a lot of sense. We're so used to teams massively overpaying or paying for guys who aren't going to really be the difference makers that a team needs, really aren't the right fit. But coming in as number twos in these situations and really rounding out a receiving core, I think you have to be encouraged by the fit for the player, the fit for the team, the price of the contract. Uh, this seems like how free agency should work. Yeah, this seems like you, you've summed it up perfectly there. These feel like the proper prices to pay for these players. You know, if we're talking about drafting players at certain prices, these contracts seem like they really fit. And these players, I think, are going to fit these offenses. And Myers does feel like a player who could still take a another leap forward here. So looking forward to seeing what he does with the Raiders. Sean, two running backs to talk about before we jump in the crop that we're going to talk about in your articles. We get David Montgomery with the Lions. We also get a situation where we get Rashad Penny now with the Eagles, which feels very, very exciting. And if people want to know, are we probably going to be buying Penny again this year? The answer probably on that one is yes. But uh, on the other side, we get David Montgomery with the Lions. We get David Montgomery with the Lions. Feels like he's going to potentially, I think, slot into that role that we had such pains with last year when we had, uh, you know, our old buddy running into the end zone repeatedly, uh, Jamal Williams. But how do you feel about Montgomery's landing spot and what that might mean to DeAndre Swift, who we've talked quite a bit about over the last couple of months? And then the other one being Rashad Penny. I think it's a, a pretty exciting landing spot for him where he's not going to get as much of the pie probably overall, but the uh, the explosive nature of that offense is, is just an amazing spot for him. Colin, we've been talking about David Montgomery as a back who – has maybe been overly criticized because he never emerged as the superstar, never emerged as that Josh Jacobs kind of back that so many people hoped he would be when he first came into the NFL. And that can overshadow some of the things that he can do. He was also sort of upstaged by Cole Herbert last season. He's spent a, a number of minor stretches with injury, which also knocked down his efficiency plays in that terrible Chicago Bears offense, which is going to make you not look quite as good. And yet when you dive into the numbers a little bit here, he is a player who in the right spot could be pretty exciting. And when you look at Jamal Williams and what he did last year for the Lions, it's hard to argue against this spot as a potential gold mine. Now, you're going to be playing with DeAndre Swift. And the Swift stays healthy and isn't as electric as he's been in the past. There is that risk that you end up being marginalized to a much greater extent than you would really like. And at the same time, we do expect this Lions team to be fairly run heavy. They've been successful around the goal line. The big difference here between Jamal Williams and David Montgomery last season and between Jamal Williams and basically everyone is that Jamal Williams led the NFL in green zone touches by an absolute mile, had 46. The next back there was Austin Eckler, I believe, with 36. You contrast his numbers with David Montgomery, who just had 20. DeAndre Swift had 13. And you can see where all of those points for Jamal Williams are coming from. One of the big differences that we're going to get here is that David Montgomery is simply a better player, and he's a more flexible player. He got 36 passes last year, Williams only 12, in part because they're trying to get the ball to Swift in the passing game. But you're going to be able to use Montgomery without telegraphing your intention to the opposing defense in quite the way that you do with Jamal Williams. The other thing that you see here when you dive into it is that even though the yards after contact numbers for Williams and Montgomery are almost exactly the same, Montgomery breaks tackles at more than twice the rate that Williams does. His forced missed tackle percentage also better. So he's got a 20% evasion rate to 9% for Williams. Now, again, the situation with Williams, when he's 
carrying so many times from the one and two yard line. You're just hoping that he punches those balls in. But David Montgomery has the peripherals that you want to fulfill this role in the Lions offense. And uh, I mean, for all of our Swift shares, this is a little bit disappointing. He's on the dynasty team that we just purchased. We're excited for him there. I think that this Lions team can be similar to those New Orleans Saints teams with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. You're going to score a lot of points, but you're going to have to score a lot of running back points because anytime you split the pie to this extent, it becomes challenging. From a reality perspective, I think that you have to like this move. Now, Jamal Williams, in so many ways, the kind of the heart and soul of that Detroit Lions offense, but Detroit is kind of trying to take the next step here and compete to challenge the Philadelphia Eagles, which is going to be tough. We know they actually had a great game with the Eagles early in the season. That doesn't mean that, you know, if you play that game again, or if you play them in the NFC championship game, that the lions are going to be anything other than a huge underdog. But as Detroit tries to take the next step, you want to upgrade, not kind of stay the course. I think most people expected Jamal Williams to remain there. Williams is a good player. He's a good short yardage back. He's going to score some touchdowns in 2023, but this is, I mean, this was rough for his fantasy value because, uh, again, even if he stayed with the Lions, he's not going to have nearly the number of one and two yard scores that he had last season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And Sean, with those two guys potentially being zero RB candidates, we move on to the players that you have written up on the website over the last couple of days. We have Raheem Mostert, we have Jeff Wilson. They both land back. So there's some interesting situations with players moving teams, but both running backs, both back with the Miami Dolphins, which I think is good for continuity for the, the roster in general. They make a nice move at backup quarterback to get Mike White in there. So I think overall improving the roster from that perspective, they make the move to get their other cornerback and Jalen Ramsey as well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the Dolphins. They're trying to, to push themselves into that window to try and get a championship this year but Mostert now is 30 Jeff Wilson is 27 he obviously came over in a trade during last season 
both of them signing relatively, you know, again, smart, I think, for the team. I think these running backs is going to get more and more difficult for younger players to want to play the running back position when they see the rewards for playing some of the other positions that maybe when they're at the college level, they might be looking to, to switch out. Also, we're talking running backs, Austin Eckler, and the news over the last couple of days, potentially on the trade block as well there. So we're going to see more and more running backs, I think, look to, to get those paydays, but it just doesn't happen. Both of those guys getting locked up for two years and two contracts, less than $15 million combined. So good move for the Dolphins. They're both going to be in the zero RB candidates list, Sean, I would assume, or they're both potential targets at this point. A long way to go before the list comes out, but they are both in the mix and We'll get into them first. I think I, I have a habit of wanting to name out all the things we're going to talk about and then coming back and asking you. But let's talk about the Dolphins and the two guys down there. How, how do you feel about this? I think it's a smart move from the players and a smart move from the, the team here. And hopefully that will lead to a smart move for us in the, the fantasy football landscape and our, and our drafts. Yeah, you have to love both of these guys. Such a perfect fit for the offense. As I'm looking at this, and looking at what they did last season, the contrast between backs who are a good fit for the scheme and backs who maybe aren't just so stark when you compare Mostert and Wilson with Chase Edmonds, who previous to that, prior to 2022, had been an effective committee back. But he averages less than three yards per carry, doesn't break any tackles, doesn't force any missed tackles. He's bad before contact. He's bad after contact. The exact opposite, the case for Mostert and Wilson, who put up good numbers before contact, after contact, and generate solid, if not unbelievable, evasion rates. I noted here that Mostert was one of only five backs to carry at least 150 times, finished with at least two yards before contact, 2.5 after, and generate a 15% or better evasion rate. The other backs in that group, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor. So that's a star group. Mostert, not as good as those guys obviously. And there are many other backs who have similar types of numbers who aren't on that list. But the the 2.0 yards before, 2.5 after, that 15% evasion rate, those are sort of just general thresholds that I like to peek at from time to time to see which backs are above them. You put them together and you get that group. And then you think about Mostert and how he emerged last season. He has especially that week 17 blow up where he catches a bunch of passes. Mostert especially I think in best ball is a guy who is going to have some big games. And if you don't have to choose when to start him, then he's absolutely perfect. We saw what he did for some of the biggest and biggest money best ball squads last season. The other part of this, and we talk about that scheme fit, Mike McDaniel did a great job last season. The Dolphins were number eight in Bloom block percentage in the run game they were even better in run block points earned and so that looks at epa and this sports info solutions charters break that down to see where it should go and assign total points there the dolphins fourth behind the eagles the ravens and the bills we can expect this rushing offense to be explosive again next season and while there were some rumors that they were monitoring the Dalvin Cook trade market, to put these two guys who are undervalued players and are just such proven players in this offense back into it, again, I think it's great for them, but it's also great for fantasy managers, especially zero RB drafters, because there's a limit to how expensive those guys can get. And as long as you don't overpay, if you create 
a moderate amount of exposure to both guys, then the likelihood that one or both of them helps you at key points is really pretty strong. You also have the possibility that either of these guys could get injured. And at that point, the Dolphins are going to have to work a third back in, but the remaining more or less starter at that juncture is just going to be a great fantasy asset. The other player that we're going to talk about is Samaji P. Ryan. He signs with the Denver Broncos. We've talked a little bit on the show over the last little like couple of months, I guess, or since the injury happened. But the reports coming out recently with Javante Williams, you know, there is some concerns on that recovery for him. But Samaji P. Ryan signs a two-year, $7.5 million contract with the Broncos. The Broncos offense last year was pretty much an absolute train wreck, and it was a, a disaster situation. We've seen, you know, the, the best I think we can hope for, Sean, is a, a Jaguars-like revival where the, the offense takes a major step the following year. That may not happen, but it's a very positive landing spot for him. Obviously, I think I would prefer to be in that Bengals offense, but he has been stuck behind Joe Mixon a little bit. When he got the opportunity last year, though, without Mixon there, he put up some massive, massive numbers in those contests. How do you feel about that landing spot, the fit for him in Denver? I think, you know, we always say that things can only get better. It does feel with the Broncos with how last year went that things can only get better. But um, I think it's a very, very interesting spot. And obviously there's a situation then where if Williams isn't healthy to start the year, he gets a little bit of grass maybe on that offense and he's getting those carries. And it can be hard, as we've seen with Javante Williams in the past when Melvin Gordon was there, it can be hard to you know, get that full hold on the backfield if you're not consistently getting that usage on a week-to-week basis starting the season. And having just talked about Jamal Williams, that's the perfect example of a situation where a far inferior back, if he gets a foothold and produces and does precisely what the offense wants and needs, that it can be more difficult to sort of push that guy back to the back burner than you might think. That player could come through and continue to score quite a few points. There's so many cool notes with Samaje P right here. You mentioned how well he performed in Mixon's absence in that three-week stretch from week 11 to week 13. He averages just under 24 points per game. I think it's cool to go back and remember just how unbelievable he was at Oklahoma, averaging well over 100 yards from scrimmage in each of his three seasons. I mean, this is a guy who went for over 1,800 scrimmage yards as a freshman. Right. Then he goes out. He tests really poorly at the combine. So this is sort of a note, too, about the combine that, that just happened. All of his athletic metrics come in below the 40th percentile. Even when you're 233 pounds, that can be a problem. If you're not athletic and then you fall in the draft and you don't have a good rookie season, I mean, you can never get a chance again. I mean, that's almost what happened to P. Ryan here. And yet once he started playing for the Bengals, he does turn it around. Averages 2.8 yards after contact in 2020 obviously in a small sample that jumps over three yards after contact in 2021 in 2022, his broken tackles. So this is just one portion of the evasion rate jumps to around 14%. The eyeball test. When you watch him versus Joe Mixon, I, those guys don't even seem that comparable. I mean, P Ryan was simply the better player and that's what the Bengals decided as well in the postseason when they go to him in so many of the key downs, so then you kind of, again, kind of playing with this combine workout explorer, a great tool if you want to go in and see how the combine affects some of these players, what their athletic comps are. You can use the box score scout to see sort of combine production athletic comps. But you look at some of the names that pop up there and you're like James Conner or Andre Stevenson. Well, 
I mean, if he could be a similar player to that, then, I mean, people would take that, right? I mean, James Conner with the Steelers, James Conner with the Cardinals, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, very clearly, if you get the opportunity, if you can be a receiving back at 230 pounds, then suddenly you're unlocking this really high upside fantasy profile. Now, that's not to say that he's going to necessarily do that. But again, the thing that the Bengals liked him for the most down the stretch, was he gets nine targets in those final two playoff games against the Bills, against the Chiefs, the games that they most need to win. Then you start to think, okay, Sean Payton there with the Broncos, but then you think Russell Wilson. Well, the kind of crazy thing is that the Broncos, despite how disastrous their 2022 season was, they weren't actually that bad at creating running back opportunity. They finished number eight in the NFL in total running back expected points. That'd be expected fantasy points based on the workload. You have that 11 target game to Javante Williams in week one. And then Colin, it goes back to what you were talking about. We know what happened with J.K. Dobbins last year. You know that fantasy managers are going to be pretty gun shy of that. That doesn't mean it's going to go the same route. But I mean, P. Ryan is the perfect back for what this offense really seems like it wants to do. Similar to the situation in Detroit, where you have David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift, and they can probably both score at a level that is helpful for fantasy managers. Even once Williams comes back, if P. Ryan is able to win sort of a Mark Ingram-ish type of role, or even an Ingram plus type of role, my personal viewpoint on this is that P. Ryan is more talented than Mark Ingram, who really would always get the bare minimum of what was there. But I mean, even if that's wildly optimistic, there are just so many ways for P. Ryan to actually be a decent fantasy back. We loved him last year. He came through in some key moments. You don't know if he's going to take the next step, but the Broncos making this commitment early in free agency. Again, this is a cool signing. It's It's been a cool week of these types of things. And then, you know, you have Rashad Penny with the Philadelphia Eagles. Corbin has a cool article out on the site on that. All of our guys are seeming to hit. Rashad Penny, I mean, is he going to be a, a top five back in the NFL next year, Colin? I don't know if he'll be a top five back, but I think this is the thing with Penny. If we keep him healthy, he definitely has a, a shot. And we've seen with all these players have those splash plays, have those splash moments. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited with some of these players that we talked about today. And I do think that with the likes of um, P. Ryan that you talked about there, like I think it's a, a perfect scenario for him and a perfect fit. And the other thing that we've talked about on some of the shows, well, I know I've talked about it maybe is, you know, when we get into situations with committee backs, People get scared off. They want the bell cow at, at all costs. But when we look at some of these situations, like, for example, Detroit now, like we think we're going to have in Denver, it's likely to be a two-back situation. And especially if you're getting into zero RB kind of areas, the same in Miami, I guess, when we talked about those, there's so much value to be had in those situations when it is two-backs getting all the work rather than trying to split it between one guy and multiple behind. So I think all very interesting, Sean. It feels like, People may have been getting their appetites wetted while listening to this show about you know, zero RB conversations moving forward. So exciting start to free agency for those players. I was also happy to see some players who maybe, whether it was draft position or how things worked out earlier in their career, who wouldn't have made much money, be able to get 
some money earned in free agency, which is always good to see people moving into more positive situations in their lives. But Sean, as we get ready to wrap up today's show, I want to mention something that I wasn't aware of until this past week. Spotify now allows people to leave reviews on podcasts, I believe. And I believe it has to be done on the mobile app rather than on the desktop version. But somebody shared a screenshot this week to say they couldn't leave an Apple podcast review, but they were able to leave one on Spotify. Obviously, we really appreciate that. But some people would do reach out from time to time that they don't have an Apple product, so they can't do that. But if you do have Spotify, or even if you have Apple and Spotify, drop us a review for the Road of His Overtime podcast. We would really appreciate that as we continue to grow the podcast community here, grow the audience. And since we last on a, a show, Sean, where we recapped some topics like this, we did do the the draft with ourselves and the other 11 listeners. We shared them over that time when we uh, had our kind of hiatus there, and um, that was a lot of fun. So thanks for everyone who joined in with that. If you are interested in drafting along with us over the course of the rest of the offseason, we will have more of those. So do reach out to myself, and uh, I'll be setting up another list for some potential names to to go into those drafts so thanks to everyone who has tuned into today's show hopefully you have enjoyed this one we'll be back with more shows very very soon so make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed and until we are back my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marland of course joined by sean siegel the articles we talked about today from sean will also be in today's show notes if you want to check those out in full detail and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.